There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Conversations on Dance is generously made possible by Yumiko. Have you seen Yumiko's new amazing fabric collection? If you haven't, stop what you are doing immediately and click over to their Instagram account or their website, yumiko.com. Exceptionally thin and dreamy soft, their new amazing fabric line provides the ultimate pleasant feeling against the skin. Say goodbye to cutting old tights to use as lightweight sweaters in the studios. Their amazing mesh crop top is an elegant and beautiful option that will still allow your Yumiko Leo to shine through underneath. They also launched leggings and unitards as a part of this collection. So run, don't walk to yumiko.com or their New York flagship boutique to shop now. This episode is brought to you by the Kennedy Center. I'm Rebecca King Ferraro. And I'm Michael Breeden. And you're listening to Conversations on Dance. This week, we sit down at the Kennedy Center to talk with American Ballet Theater dancer Connor Holloway. Connor was born in Louisville, Kentucky, and started performing at the age of six in school musicals. At the age of 13, he began taking ballet classes at the Louisville Ballet School while attending a magnet performing arts high school as a vocal performance major. He went on to attend Boston Ballet's pre-professional program and was later promoted to the trainee level. Holloway became a member of the ABT Studio Company in 2013. In his free time, Connor is the social media manager for American Ballet Theater's official accounts, so be sure to follow his great work. We talk with Connor about his journey from Kentucky to New York City, about how he deals with anxiety at work, and how he came to manage ABT's Instagram account. We're so happy that you were able to join us today right before you uh, get back on that bus to New York. Of course. (laughs) Here at the Kennedy Center. Yeah, we're so happy to have you, Connor. Yeah, Thanks thank so much you. for it's joining fun us. To be here. <laughs> well, we have to start with um, discussing something. I believe you are the first Kentuckian guest we've had, and I grew up in Lexington. No way. So <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. I had to throw that out there. That's important to discuss. It's, it's rare. You don't yeah. meet too many. Uh, only other person I know in New York who is from Kentucky is a dancer, is Wendy. Yeah, Wendy Whalen. Yeah. But that's, that's something. something. <laughs> no, Look so at us. True. We all made it out. Were you at, oh my God, were you at all like a basketball fan? Oh, oh, I mean, like, you have, you're kind of forced to follow. Yeah. 
It's just, it's like a cult. Okay, we're absolutely not going to talk about sports. I mean, we can. (laughs) I mean, I just found out it was the Super Bowl like yesterday. Oh, yeah, it's today. Today is the Super Bowl. And I said, Michael, do you want to watch it? And he goes, no. I was like, oh, all right, well. I did. At least you offered. I I said she could bribe me with Papa John's. About Kentucky, Kentucky. Really Kentucky. Back in. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. He just made a full circle there in our beginning. <laughs> yeah. So wait, so. I mean, Kentucky is mm-hmm. it is not exactly every boy's path to no. go into to dance. So what was it that um, that piqued your interest about with, with ballet? You know, it's funny because Louisville to most people that like have never been to Kentucky or have you been to Louisville? Yeah. Okay. Not, not often. I've been. I think the assumptions are far worse or maybe smaller than its actuality. Um, there was, I've always been in the arts. My parents are very arts interested, arts minded, arts oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad was an actor singer for a while before he moved on to what he does now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always like kind of grew up in the arts. So that was the side of Louisville that I always saw. So to me, like, even though there is another side to Louisville that is much more small-minded or maybe not so arts focused and much more like sports driven i only ever saw that like arts area so to me it was like this great um arts haven and i did a lot of children's theater i did a lot of um i went to youth performing arts high school which is like it's a magnet public school and i was a vocal performance major there and so i always was in the arts and then um we had this there's a lot of theaters there's actors theater of louisville which is a big theater and then there's um the Kentucky Center for the Performing Arts, which has three different theaters. There's like a black box, mm-hmm. there's a small round, and then there's a huge kind of opera house theater. And I had performed in most all of them except for the big opera house one because yeah. only the ballets were there. Sometimes the opera would be there. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, I really wanted to perform on the biggest <laughs> stage. So I auditioned for the Nutcracker, which is kind of at the Louisville Ballet, wow. which was kind of how I got into the whole ballet realm. I wanted to be a triple threat. That was like my, Amazing. I was like totally one of those show kids <laughs> who went to like Broadway boot camp in the summers. Yeah. And like, yeah. Um, so when I was like 13, I did the Nutcracker, yeah. which is kind of what brought me into the whole ballet scene. So really, it was just wanting to be on that stage. That's hysterical. Seriously, it was like the biggest theater in Louisville. And I was like, I want to be on the biggest stage. So did you make it on the biggest stage? I did. I was actually, <laughs> we just had to skip on the music, which I was... You're like, I got this. I was like, I, I got this in the bag. <laughs> um, so yeah, I did that. I skipped on the music. And, <laughs> and I was Fritz. And the Nutcracker. Yeah. That's awesome. And then kind of the rest is history. It's it's so funny how... I know other careers are probably like this, but ballet is such an interesting one in the sense that there are steps that you take. Mm -hmm. And when you follow them, they just lead to a point. And then you hit the point of transitioning into a career, Mm -hmm. like from pre-professional programs or trainee programs or second companies. And I think that's always the kind of like... It's going to go either way. Either you've Mm -hmm. prepared yourself to this point that you're ready for it, or you are... Yeah, you have to choose something else. Yeah. Um, and for me, I felt really lucky. Like once I saw that track and it seemed so like straight. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it just I was on it and I didn't want to leave it. And I any opportunity that I saw to like go to another city or like go to a different school or to meet with other dancers, I always took it. Mm-hmm. So um, just the parallels between our lives are a little creepy. <laughs> 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 grew up in Kentucky. I also went to Port- Performing arts school, the magnet school, Gappa. 
Oh yeah, yeah, Gappa. Yeah. Um, and then, but then the p- parallel will continue because mm. you went to Boston Ballet School. Did you go I to was Boston? in Boston Ballet too. No way. But um, so tell us a little bit about that. I'm like maybe you can tell me about my life too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I had a friend who was in Louisville Ballet. We actually weren't entirely friends. She was an older student who I kind of looked up to because she was in one of the intermediate levels when I was like in elementary. And she went to Boston Ballet School year round. She went to the summer program. They invited her to join and stay full time. She did that, and I wanted to do it too because I was like oh that's a thing like I'm on it so I went to the summer program got invited to stay and I'd only been dancing for about two years up until this point so I had one boy in my class like I had no idea what I was in for right funny enough my first summer program audition ever was ABT I went to Cincinnati and did the audition at Cincinnati Ballet in 2009 I had never done a Ronde Jamon Lair. I had never done a frappe. I'd never seen a ponche. And I'm like in this audition, the only guy. Oh and <laughs> so were you just like copying or what? Yeah, yeah. I was just I mean oh my yeah. Gosh. yeah, you can only imagine the A-Palm all that I was using to <laughs> to, <laughs> to figure out what we were supposed to be doing. Uh-huh. Um and I remember we got to center and I had to do like Ronde Jamon on Lair with like Seasones and maybe a double tour. I had never tried a double tour. I mean, I was literally at the point of taking class and like basketball shorts Uh like i yeah like dance belts and tights were still new concepts um so yeah so i did the audition and for whatever reason they um accepted me into the detroit uh satellite of the program so that was like my first thing and then i went to boston the following year because i had heard about they take people into their school right so went to the summer program got into the pre-professional program and was there for three years. I did two years in the pre-pro program. I skipped the third. I joined in pre-pro two, skipped three, and went to four. Um, because, again, I was always really ambitious with that. It's You see the, like, system, and I just really wanted to, like, yeah. I, I don't know, climb it. Um, and then I did a year of trainee. So that was very different because Boston had kind of a balancing influence over it at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but also as I'm sure you experienced when you leave a place like Kentucky and go somewhere like Boston, it's so eye opening because you're seeing, I mean, you're seeing girls do double pirouettes on point for like the first time ever, which is like mind blowing. Right. Right. Um, and yeah. And then the company is so talented there. So it, it was really cool to kind of Louisville was such a great base for me. I got such a good exposure to ballet and a great first representation of what the life was like because mm-hmm. the company there was always very warm and mm-hmm. supportive and they were all excited for me when I went even though I was like 16 mm-hmm. um, to go to Boston so I went to Boston and then like totally elevated like my understanding right. of like, mm-hmm. what ballet could be and what ballet could look like yeah so what point was it that you started to focus more heavily on ballet obviously you had a, so a broad interest in the other yeah, arts arts well, so puberty, <laughs> my voice changed pretty late. I've always grown late. So my sophomore year, so it's like 15 turning 16, I went from being this like first soprano <laughs> to this like horrible in between like alto tenor. And I just hated it. I felt so like stuck because I didn't recognize my voice. I didn't feel comfortable in it. And I also felt like I was in this weird age where I wasn't playing children's roles anymore, but I was also far too young to like play even teenagers Teenagers, like it was this weird in between and I was always told that you should to be a triple threat like you have to dance and ballet is such a good basis for all forms of dance so I was like let's just focus on it and then once you're in it I mean the challenges (laughs) never go away yeah for sure it's just such a um 
yeah, it's such a fun art form in that way. Yeah. You'll, you'll never get sick of it. Yeah. How was it like trying to catch up? So you were ending up at Boston Ballet and still maybe not knowing what a Ronde Jean is, right? Oh my God, exactly. So what was that catch up time like for you? I mean, it was scary. I remember even my first year, I'd never learned how to do about two anything. And I mean, pre-pro too, these girls were good. I mean, there were about three other boys in my class, but they were doing pretty advanced steps. Some of them were even trying ceases, things that I had, I, had, I mean, I hadn't even heard of. Like they, they weren't even in my repertoire of knowledge, let alone like the repertoire of my body. Right. Um, so yeah, I just, and that is something that I look back on and I had not a sense of ego, but I always had a sense of pride and I wanted to pretend that I knew things even that I didn't and that I had abilities that I didn't right so I would always kind of fake my way through mm -hmm. which I mean is kind of a dancer's like yeah it's like our saving grace I feel yeah. like even on stage sometimes you're yeah. like mm -hmm. going through that not knowing the choreography yeah. and um yeah so honestly there was some stress involved to it because it felt almost like a, not a lost cause but it's like well I'm never going to be able to go back and learn how to like mm -hmm. do this from step one. Right, right. Um, so even when I moved to ABT and to JKO, I felt like I had to go back yeah. and learn some of that. Franco yeah. DeVito was very hard on me in that way of like, mm -hmm. no, you can't go from like A to Z. We right. really have to take it back mm -hmm. and like go through all of these steps. You can't. I yeah. mean, with ballet, it's yeah. you can't cut corners. Yeah, but that's so great that he was able to totally. do that for and you. When I was like 19 years old. Yeah. And, um, so there was always that, and I feel like dancers feel it in general, but this weird age where you have an expectation of what you think you should be able to do at a certain age, mm -hmm. and then yeah. maybe what you're limited to do because <laughs> of your physicality. Right. So it is this weird balance of like trying to just totally drop your ego at the door and be like, mm -hmm. okay, I just have to do what I have to do, and mm -hmm. it might look really bad for a really long time. And it doesn't matter that I'm 18 and working on right. ceases because I expected to be able to do them by this point. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and I think that that's something generally important to find comfort in is like it's a lifelong pursuit that yeah. we're going through. I mean, some I mean, there can even be weeks that ceases feel great and then maybe another week where it's just like not quite there. Right. Um, and I think that's OK. That's kind yeah. of the beauty of it. Yeah. What drove your decision to um, join JKO school after yeah. about three years of Boston Ballet? Yeah. So I was a trainee at Boston and I had another friend <laughs> who was again, two years ahead of me at Boston, Lily Wisdom. And she had gone to ABT summer programs many summers in a row in New York. And they invited her to join the studio company. And then she had joined the company. And um, we took kind of like a field trip at Boston Ballet to go see ABT at the Met. Mm -hmm. And she was dancing. We watched class. We watched the show. And she was performing. And my eyes opened and a light bulb went off and I was like wow this is a possibility right, so right. all I have to do is go to the summer program get in and then I'm in the <laughs> studio company yeah. like easy as that um, <laughs> and that's pretty much what I did I went to the summer program and kind of felt like they weren't that interested in me because every summer program has like a leveling system mm -hmm. and even though they never explain it to you all the students always have their their understanding yeah, of the other yeah, yeah. theories right. of what each level means sure and my level was not the studio company level so i was like oh this like whole summer i was like i came here and i really wanted to be in studio company and i'm not going to get into studio company right. and actually i didn't get into studio company even at the end of the summer program franco said to me you know you have a lot of potential you have really great work ethic but you're not strong enough mm -hmm. and that was weirdly so hard for me to hear because i'd mm -hmm. grown up in this ballet world of not niceties but it nobody ever said to me you are weak 
Like Franco mm. said that to me. He was like, yeah. you're very weak, um, <laughs> which was such a shock to my system because also growing up in this like children's theater, I always felt very, um, I was very kind of supported and told that I was great because I could remember my lines. And <laughs> um, Yeah, so it, it was just kind of a shock to the system, but absolutely what I needed to hear. And I think having that honesty and um, having somebody who really kind of wanted to invest in me and was like, hey, I know it's, it might feel like a step down because you're going from a position where you're working with the company already. I had performed with Boston Ballet Company and like Coppelia mm-hmm. and I had done some core things with them. But he was like, I think it would be really good for you. And I was like, well, you know what? Like, when am I ever going to get the opportunity to live in New York again? I want to take it. I want to try out this training. It's mm-hmm. very different than what I've had. And the classes was the class sizes were so small. Mm-hmm. It was like seven boys, seven girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was like, I'm absolutely just going to like give it a go. Yeah. And maybe I'll regret it. I'll never know. But it feels right. Yeah. So I made the switch. And I was in JKO f- for about four months. Yeah, level seven, which was the top level of the school then. I was there September to December. And I was like, you know, I should start doing auditions. So I went abroad and I auditioned for a couple um, companies and got accepted. And then Franco and Raymond were like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, what are you doing? Take a step back. And then um, they promoted me to studio company to start in January. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Will you say where you got accepted to? Uh, Finnish national. Okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Did you Did you ever like think which which one should I choose? Would it be really for European companies? Well, or... yeah. Or oh, just like oh, you had like that back opportunity between... where you yeah. Yeah. I mean, there there was definitely that debate. Mm-hmm. It just Finland seems so far. Yeah. Well, one thing that we did want to talk to you about because you've been very outspoken about suffering from anxiety mm-hmm. and your daily life as a dancer, and you're certainly not the only one. Yeah. <laughs> there are so many dancers that deal with that, and we think it's really important to be talking about. Um, so why do you feel that putting this immense amount of pressure on ourselves as dancers is something that is prevalent throughout our community? And how do you work to um, control it and mm-hmm. and still you know, overcome that. Hmm. Yeah. It's interesting because I think to be a dancer, you have to have kind of a certain personality anyways. Mm -hmm. Um, You have to be meticulous. You have to be self-aware, but internally and externally, Mm -hmm. there's things that you learn as a dancer in a school, but then there's things that you learn as a dancer in a company. And um, when you're in a company, it's such a large room of people and there's so many different um, identities in a room, personalities, histories. I mean, some people have been there two minutes. Some people have been there two decades. Like it's mm-hmm. just there, there's a lot that you're walking into mm-hmm. in a room that nothing can prepare you for. Mm-hmm. And I can imagine that it's similar when entering any workforce. It's like you've spent so much of your life and like blood, sweat, tears, all of the things to get to this point. So you're very excited, but mm-hmm. then you walk in and not that it's a harsh reality, but it's a reality of things that you're like, whoa, there's so much that's already going on here and I'm just entering it. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, my whole class graduated and we're also excited to be in like pre-pro three now. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, you are maybe one of two, maybe one of three, and you're entering this thing that has been fully functioning without you. Mm-hmm. And it's continue. it will continue to do so whether you're and there you or not. And you have to find your yeah. place in and that. And you have to find your place. And, and that's scary, especially what's different about being a ballet dancer is we do it at a young age. Some people yeah. are 16. It's like, I don't know who I am. 
am? How am I supposed to enter this room of adults and professionals and prove myself as a, a talent, but also as a person and as a colleague and as an employee, as an employee? There's so many things about it that it's like the dancing almost becomes so secondary at that mm-hmm. point. Um, so for me, I had as I already stated, I skipped a lot of levels. I went through a lot of schools. I moved around a lot, which was always so exciting to me. I love the social aspect of Mm -hmm. life, but also of ballet. Um, But I felt really um, inadequate, Mm -hmm. like on any given day my first year. And I was so excited to be there. It's so funny. You like dream about these moments and then you get there and I'm like, wow, I'm in American Ballet Theater. Like I'm I'm allowed to be here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I didn't sneak in. (laughs) And... And I don't feel ready. I don't feel um, like I belong here. Mm-hmm. So that was something that I really battled. And I think probably a lot of people do. We're all insecure. We're our own worst critic. You see yourself worse than anybody else does. Um, but it is hard because it's like in order to succeed in ballet and in anything, really, you have to believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. So starting each day, waking up, being like, you're not good enough. You don't belong here. I hope they don't see like how bad you really are or I hope they don't see that you're unable to do this Mm -hmm. or you can't get through that Um, it's just such a bad way to walk into work Um, so how I handled that was I was always very social Mm -hmm. and I was like well I know that I can win these people over by being friendly because those are things that I learned in theater and I was always like I would rather them think that I'm horrible but a nice guy (laughs) than think that I'm horrible and like a piece of shit dancer (laughs) so yeah so I did that and I made a lot of friends and in some ways it was really comforting um I made friends with like literally all across the ranks, which Mm. I think to some people was a little jarring. Like I've heard now looking back because this like new kid comes in and I was hanging out with principals and soloists and core members. And I think it was a little weird for my group too um, that I joined with because I think they felt like I was kind of trying to just like start Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, you know, like just climb the ranks. Yeah. And that wasn't it at all. I just felt that if I felt comfortable with them as mm-hmm. people, then I could maybe feel more comfortable. It was me adapting to right. what I was battling on the daily. Right. Um, and to some degree, it helped. But then to some degree, like you also want your friends to think that you're talented. So it added another pressure. So right. I felt like in some ways I had almost made it worse for myself. Yeah. Because it's like, who wants to have a friend that's like <laughs> uh. the like bomb of the company so i i mean i i had all of these thoughts and right. like we all go through there's it. so much crazy that goes through a young yeah so <laughs> much crazy because right. like when you say that now you're probably like that's insane yeah like, oh my god i would never so be less friend and and yeah. that was one of the aha moments that i had to go through is i was like wow i would never be less friendly towards a person in this company because they fell out of that pirouette mm-hmm. or because they tripped on stage or they can't quite like hit all the beats like i would just never i would never think that way and i think that you just have to trust that other people will be the same yeah it's yeah. that is a really important point i i think i had a realization one time miami city ballet we film every performance, performance and we all like it's it's good but it's bad we'd sit around the tv and you know watch you, people and, fall and, yeah and it's well, like the well more so i was just thinking you watch yourself and you're like oh that was disgusting you're disgusting and you have and it's half hour now so you have 30 minutes to totally you know, who you are. Uh Um, But I remember one time like looking at myself and like, you look so bad. And then like looking next to the other people, looking at the other people on stage with me and being like, well, I like them in this and they're not 
like that wasn't flat turned out and Mm. blah 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 and realizing that you are putting undue pressure onto yourself that you don't actually put onto others so yeah Yeah. exactly and if there's like any one thing that i would want to say on this topic that's been like kind of my recent understanding of it it is that um i think in general we have a uh not a skewed value system but as young dancers and aspiring dancers and this is also because it's kind of the climate that we live in, just in the world that we see success as happiness, Mm -hmm. um, is understanding that there's so much joy that is to be had through dance. And to assume that reaching a rank or a status in a company or um, a level of technique is going to equate to happiness and personal joy is wrong. And that was something that I had to realize is like, I'm so lucky to get to be paid and to get to have a job that I get to perform for a living. And whether I'm in the front of the stage or I'm in the back of the stage, it's still a really special experience that I get to have. And I think that there's something to be learned in finding joy, even in just what we talked about earlier, the the nature of ballet, which is like the time, the patience, the practice that it takes to achieve it. And there's something that's so like the sanctity of like coming in every day and like taking bar and going through class. And some days it feels horrible and some days it feels great. Mm -hmm. And some days you feel like you're working really hard and other days like you just don't have it in you. Mm -hmm. But there's something about coming back every day and the persistence and the gradual progress and the growth that you can have over a period of time. There's very few things in life, especially in today's world that we have that with it's like you can binge watch a show in a night if you want to there's no like waiting there's no you i mean there's right. such a, a diligence that comes with the work of ballet that um i don't know if it relates to many other things maybe sports maybe mm-hmm. i mean but it's so internal in a way you're working on yourself and i feel like i've learned some very valuable life lessons through ballet uh even just persistence and sticking to it and having to come in no matter what state you're in mm-hmm. um so i think to sum all of that up, um, although it is wonderful to be in the front, to get the recognition, to be the most famous, we are all part of a. We're all part of an experience of this life that it doesn't really matter. Those things, they might matter to you in the moment, but what you're really reaching for is some sort of recognition that you really just need to find in yourself Mm -hmm. and recognizing that like, I'm so happy that I get to dance with these people and learn Mm -hmm. from these people is, is winning in itself. Mm -hmm. And that's something that like you can go home with at the end of the day and be satisfied with because maybe I did get to that principal role or maybe I did get to do that solo and maybe it was great, but that moment is so fleeting Mm -hmm. and to spend your entire career reaching and clawing for those opportunities it's like those moments are like 60 seconds on stage Mm -hmm. or maybe if you're lucky 90 minutes (laughs) (laughs) of a full length Mm -hmm. or something Mm -hmm. but even then it's like you really have to appreciate the whole process Mm -hmm. and not just put that as your end game because that's not gonna bring you meaningful like life joy Um, How old are you? Yeah, twenty four. Yeah, we wish we had figured that out. Exactly. (laughs) When I when I was reading about your uh, what you had said about anxiety, I was like, it took me so much longer to figure figure that that out. out. Yeah, for real. Yeah, and and you just I would come in every day and be like, 
panicked. Like, well, then there's this ballet coming up yes. next season. I have to I, be in the ballet master's good grace for that. <laughs> so I need to work twice as hard in class. You know, like yes. crazy people. Crazy. And mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. We all have like flare ups. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's yeah, so I mean, med season comes around and you can be so overwhelmed with the amount of things that are on your plate. Mm-hmm. Um, but just having balance, even like taking yoga, weirdly for me, has been something that's very like, oh, there's such a different. Rebecca's teaching yoga. Now. Really? Um, <laughs> I love yoga. It changed when I when I was really injured. I started doing yoga and it, there was a point where I couldn't take class anymore and I would just go take yoga every morning and then go to the studio and I was like I feel great mm-hmm. I don't feel insane today yes, <laughs> it, it just like grounds you there's something about um and you're not you're not disappointed in your body's performance in a yoga class because the best part of it is they're like if you can't do it don't do it and I'm like I don't want to do it I'm not going to I'm gonna do child's pose now bye no one cares exactly. there's no mirror exactly I can't see myself exactly no it's really a freeing um, feeling it's amazing and yeah. and it was something that just gave me balance and I yeah I know we're short on time but even like yeah. having social media and other things not my own personal social media can you for tell us really quickly we have like we two want. minutes yeah. but we yeah. do want to talk about that really quickly yeah. tell us what you mean by social media so to just like <laughs> get through this really quick a couple years back uh, when Instagram was kind of like becoming a marketing tool and it was becoming a thing and ABT didn't have a an Instagram one of the dancers created an Instagram account and it kind of the password bounced around the company that's People so crazy would to imagine I know right yeah. it's I re- unbelievable I vaguely remember it being one of the last companies to get an Instagram yeah, I remember I'm, being I mean, like not like you know when I got mine like following different and then be like ABT ain't got one. Doesn't have one. Yeah, there were like fan pages that were doing a better job than us. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but one of the dancers made one, and then it was this kind of like silly account where people would post like baby photos and like, guess who this dancer is? And anyways, it kind of evolved. And you were like, listen. I was like, listen, <laughs> let me let me help us. Um, and there was a small committee of dancers who were running it, and I got asked to join that, so I did, and then it just eventually fell into my lap. So I run the ABT official account. And I've been doing it for a couple years now. And um, just recently, I've kind of uh, partnered up pretty closely with the marketing team at ABT. And we've really um, tapped into each other's abilities. I mean, they have access to archives that I don't have access to. They have access to dates and locations and all of that information that is part of Instagram. I mean, Mm -hmm. people need to, as much as it is just fun and social interaction, which is so cool, I think it's so cool that we have the ability to directly access and interact with people that, people and organizations and personalities that like we would never otherwise have access to it's so cool to have like partners like jennifer gardner and people that you're like what you're a fan like it's so great and we have this direct conversation happening Mm -hmm. and i mean there is some weirdness to it because it's publicized and people always question like what are your motives by making this public but i think all in all if you can like strip all that back it is really neat to have young dancers have the ability to access Mm -hmm. their idols absolutely um so that being said i've done that I've done that for two years. It's, I mean, as anybody knows in today's world, it is absolutely a full-time job running Instagram. Oh, yeah. Um, I've consulted with other companies. I help with Youth America Grand Prix Instagram. Um, and, yeah, so... You're just living my best life. Literally. <laughs> um, but it's, awesome. it's, it's given me balance. And yeah. I think that's what's also helped with some of my anxieties is I'm like, wow, there is a lot more. And not that mm-hmm. having a second career is, like, finding more in life, mm-hmm. but it's just reminding me that there is another world out there and there are... Um, Things that will you can find joy through, mm-hmm. and ballet is not the only thing. Although it is a very exceptional thing, right. and 
we're also grateful to have it in our lives. Well, you do an awesome job. Everyone Thank follow you. ABT Official yeah. on Instagram. <laughs> Thank on you it. so much, Connor. Yeah, it was so great speaking with you. It was we so appreciate fun to it. talk really to you guys. Great having you here. Yes, Yay. Kentucky butt. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in this week. If you have not already, we invite you to subscribe to Conversations on Dance Now, wherever you get your podcasts. By subscribing, you will get a notification every Monday when a new episode goes live. This way, you won't miss a moment of the COD action. And if you like what you heard today, we invite you to rate us and review us on iTunes. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you next week. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.